So some of you know we've teamed up with Picks, and that is PicksShop.com. There's an app, and we are working on the app with them. The coolest thing about it is we get to have meetings and go through design stuff and see how we can fix the UI UX. But there is so much technology behind this app, and like I can't even get it to you in a minute of everything that's going on. But if you do tastings, you could do tastings, you could do posts and just say like, hey, I'm drinking this tonight. But if you do tastings, the app is going to start matching you to bourbons that you are going to like. You're going to find emails that come through that say, hey, you liked this one a lot. You might like these two. As you're searching through, you're going to see the percentage of like how well you match to the other people that are tasting and the other drinks that they are tasting as well. So this thing is so cool. It gives you recommendations. You can see how your friends rated things. It's just a fun way to interact and drink whiskey together, even though we are all virtual sometimes. You know, you could do it with the people in your neighborhood. You could do it with people across the country. Picks is so much fun. And go to PicksShop.com. Download the app. It's only for Apple right now, but we are going to get it for Android eventually. Go to PicksShop.com. Download the app today. Have fun plans for the outdoors? Make the memories last with the best outdoor coolers and drinkware. Celebrating 10 years of cool, Orca was founded in 2012, born from the idea of making a hard-sided cooler that beat out all the rest. Orca coolers are built to be as strong as the adventures you take them on. That's why they have a lifetime warranty while giving you world-class maximum temperature retention. Orca's drinkware offers the same high quality, keeping your drinks icy cold or hot for hours, and they look great while doing it. Their stainless steel vacuum-sealed tumblers and martini cup are perfect companions for your next outdoor adventure. Go to orcacoolers.com backslash bourbon for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com backslash bourbon for 15% off. Orca, make it last. What you got for me, Zeke Baker? Man, you got one of those... uh what do they call them, like rain shower things in your house? Yeah, like the thing that comes Overhead. down from the ceiling. Yeah, I do. Do you like it? I love it. Really? Do you have one? No, I, I have never had one in the home I've lived in, and you know, people kind of rave about them. Granted, I was always pretty skeptical, to be honest. Like when I'm in the shower and like you know, face wash, soap, lather up, shampoo, whatever. I mean, I like it to be on my skin, so I feel like it's it's doing something. I'm getting cleaned. But I don't understand how you can be under one of those and accomplish that. You step out from it to put the soap on and all that stuff, and then you step back under it to have the water take everything off. Yeah, then you get cold and shrivel up. (laughs) I ain't trying to go all that. Like, I want to be warm and cozy in the shower. But even if the water was hitting you at a 45-degree angle, you still have to, like, get out of the way so that suds can actually sud up. I mean, you and I are both pretty tall i can stand where it's the back of my shoulders and i can lather the entire front half of my body pretty easily and it not get touched by water but i stay warm fair i just like the rain i love the rain and in my house it is the girls don't like the rain shower and i am all for the rain shower i gotta admit i'm not a fan i think to me the ideal thing is like a shower head on adjacent walls Oh, that would be fun, too. I would want the rain shower overhead and the 45 and the water coming from the walls at the same time. Like, if I could ultimately have my dream shower, just water constantly beating me. I don't know. Something about not being able to, like, keep that lather on. I I, I don't. I didn't feel clean afterwards. I had it this past weekend, so that's why I was on my mind. Like, I don't know. I couldn't get behind it. I'm a big rain shower guy. Love them. We normally are opposites. <laughs> 
Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. What you can't see right now is Zeke is having a coughing fit. I swear, Zeke, are, are you dead? You okay? You need me to cover for a little bit longer? I ate a couple of pieces of caramel corn in one of the... Uh Colonel sliver things got hung in my throat. I did that whole cold open with like it half stuck in there. I'm like, I can't just stop talking because then John get pissed and it'll sound even more dumber than talking about a rain shower. But you know, like you get that tickle and it just holds. I'm like, <gasps> oh, <laughs> when you went on mute, I was like, Zeke's dying. Like this is, good. and I'm gonna have to watch it. It's gonna be one of those terrible things where like you're choking and then you start like slamming your stomach into the table trying to give yourself the Heimlich. <laughs> Oh man, but you know, like you like the sliver of like the you know shell, of the kernel. And it's not enough to obviously like choke or cause damage or do harm, but it's more than a tickle, and you just want to get it out. I'm like, all right, just just persevere, get through it, just get through the open. It doesn't take that long. Like, just make it. <laughs> You got it. I had a really good cold open and I was going to just post it. And I'm really mad. Like now I know why you put all the notes in your phone because I had it this morning. And now like when we came to record tonight, I was like, God, what is that thing? It was really, really, really good. Almost to the point that I almost posted it like it was a Twitter comment on Instagram. It was that kind of good. And I couldn't remember what I said to myself. And now I'm really mad. So now I'm, I think I'm going to do what you do. And I'm going to start putting stuff in my phone. Hey, buddy. Once you're at 40, man, you got to make um, certain concessions about the world and, and, you know, the capabilities of the brain. So I did have something today that I wanted to tell you. So my work, they did a uh, a little technology bash. Everybody got together from the Nashville technology team and we went bowling. It was at the Franklin. Real bowling or virtual? Real bowling. And for lunch today, it was a, a couple hours during lunch today, but there is a bowling alley in Franklin that I never knew of before. And it's totally like not as nice as King's Bowl. It's like Franklin Family Fun Center, but it totally would have been a place where like I would have expected to see like the dude and Walter sitting. I'm like, wait, they threw us a big Lebowski party. I was so excited. I mean, how are you going to leave out Donnie? He, he was part of the team. Briefly. Maybe. Possibly. Have, I, have, I, have we talked about this? I don't think we've talked about this. Apparently, as I, I learned from <laughs> the, the podcast of the Rewatchables, we talk about entirely too much. But th- there is a whole like culture theory, Reddit, you know, whatever you want to go into the rabbit hole kind of thing, that Donnie was fictional. He was in Walter's mind the entire time. And he was someone that Walter knew and died in Nam. Really? I mean, if you think about it. He's only referred to once by anybody else. And it's the whole like, phone's ringing, dude. Thanks, Donnie. But was he just placating Walter because he knew like Walter was already kind of messed up in the head at that moment. And then every other bowling team in the league, two people. Why would it have been Walter, the dude, and Donnie? You're kind of blowing my mind right now. And the funeral scene, when the ashes go everywhere. The whole speech, you know, Pismo to Lahala, yada, yada, died. Well, what if that's really how and when he passed in Nam? Because that's what the whole speech is about. I have no words right now. This is one of those moments where I've never heard of this theory before, and I am going to have to go listen to this episode now. This is a good one. (laughs) I mean, but how is Donnie out of his element? Like, I feel like the dude sees Donnie. And I buy into this one more than I don't. Like, who's Walter's best friend, the dude? If he knows there's, like, you know, some imaginary friend, like, you know, 
I never had one as a kid. I don't know about you, but I know people did. And I feel like in that essence, you you just kind of would go along with it if they did. I mean, I, I think it's more believable than not. You know, sometimes these internet theories, I don't put much stock in, but this one, it resonates home. I've, I've pinged it with some of my closest friends that have seen the Lebowski as many times, if not more than me, and none of them can discredit the theory. Oh, man. I know. I just ruined your night, probably. <laughs> you did a little bit. I need to finish editing a show when we're done with this one. Not this show, but another show we did, and I'm going to get that out for tomorrow. But I feel like I'm going to spend a good majority of the rest of my night like Googling this theory and reading up on it, and I need to finish editing as soon as I can because... Well, I mean, if you want to ping some ideas off somebody, you know, I don't really go to bed till you know, one-ish... And all I really got to do tonight is some laundry and some dishes and, you know, domestic chores. I did the laundry and the dishes and all that before this time of night. But, I mean, since you're there alone tonight, you can kind of do what you want. Hey, it happens. Well, Zeke, tonight we are drinking the last installment of this year's Larceny Barrel Proof Bourbon. It is C922. So, for those of you that don't know this, it's A, B, C. A comes out in the spring. B comes out in the summer, C comes out in the fall, and the month, so it's C9, which means it came out in September of 2022, so C922. At 126.6 proof, this edition is this year's highest proof with A122 at 124.4 and B522 at 123.8. The consistency of taste across proofs exemplifies Heaven Hill's commitment to quality and attention to detail like each batch this larceny barrel proof is an uncut small batch of bourbon aged six to eight years heaven hills distillery weeded bourbon mash bill of 68 percent corn 20 percent wheat and 12 percent malted barley continues to shine in this release larceny barrel proof is available nationwide for an srp of 59.99 we hope you enjoy this latest release from heaven hill distillery thank you heaven hill and thank you lauren all the people over there we will enjoy this as we review it and talk about it do you have any questions for me about this zeke i do not believe so I, I prefer these where i'm not confused intrigued or i dozed off in a ramble so i think we're doing pretty good good i tried to keep it short and sweet this time everyone in your life appreciates when you do <laughs> tell me about it what'd you think about it before we dive in can you think of another release that you know we know is coming it's going to be three times a year it's going to be barrel proof etc age mash yada yada i think the larceny one is still the one of the biggest roller coasters in the game elijah craig but i don't think it's as much of a roller coaster you know but it's no i mean we've had them and there's variants and you know sometimes it might have been more forward on the sweet side sometimes like this last one more forward to the oak side but i don't feel like the deltas is big like these these larceny blends they just keep moving around so much it makes it really hard to put your finger on it and be like, ooh, here's something like, hey, do you think this is good? Well, I really like this blend. You got to look at the bottle and see which one it is because if it's this or that, you know, I might not recommend it as strongly or, you know, give it like the, you know, double-handed stamp of approval, like drink that. It's damn good. <laughs> but the only thing I will say about this release and kind of the same thing with the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof 
Heaven Hill has done a very good job like pricing this at a place where like I'm never going to tell somebody not to get it at 60 bucks for this, you know? It's Heaven Hill and even their LTOs. I, I don't think are unreasonable. I mean, what you go back to um, the the twenty seven, what two or three years ago, it was reasonable. Well, eight hundred bucks, amazing packaging, and a twenty seven year old whiskey. The seventeen we had in what January or February. I still haven't had anything that was released this year that was better. Have you? No. The seven. I mean, you're talking about the seventeen year Heaven Hill, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, as a company in general, like, yes, do they mark up some LTOs, but so does everyone else. But is anything a like cash grab, or does it look weird or funny? No, I, I, I've always thought everything was in line there, and you know, cheers and kudos to them for for sticking to that, especially as one of the you know biggest producers out there. Yeah, I mean, even the old fits, you know, for the longest time it was ten bucks a year. So it's not like I'm watching them going like, oh, they're trying to screw everybody over. That I mean, the Heaven Hill Twenty Seven was MSRP on. I think it was 800, maybe a grand tops. No, I don't even think it was a grand. And that's not cheap. But again, it's a 27-year-old cash-strength whiskey. And I mean, that whole packaging thing was just amazing and eccentric. I know that doesn't change the juice, but I mean, if you're spending that much money, you at least want it to be an eye-catcher so when you know friends or family walk in your house, even if they give two shits about bourbon, they're like, oh. Oh, no, ready? This is- What's when that guy in the box? Heaven Hill 27 was $400 in Holy 2018, shit. right? Wow. It was 2018? No way it was that far back. Yeah, it was 2018. The Heaven Hill 17 that came out earlier this year, $274.99. If you find that at $274, like Heaven Hill does a great job at putting out good shit and they price it correctly. And I think that's the difference. They price it very, very, very fairly, even like to their bottled and bond offerings and they have enough of those that are affordable yet good quality and then you move to the mid-tier and they have some solid mid-tier pours you know you have your regular elijah craig that's going to be under 30 but then you have your elijah craig variants that are going to go up you know with the toasted and the barrel proof and even larceny like the you know, regular larceny i think is a 24 dollar bottle and then you move up to larceny barrel proof and it's like oh it's 60 for six to eight year juice that's at cast strength hats off to heaven hill for just a lot of the stuff they do i know you know earlier this year i'm not taking away from the strike and and everything that happened there but just as a company for the consumer i think they've always done a very very good job at and maybe to the detriment of the hype that they could generate for their brands but i still think like parker's gets a good enough hype i think you know, the old fits get a good enough hype. Their LTOs get hype, but I don't think they get like Buffalo Trace hype, but I think they do a good job getting it in people's hands so that there isn't necessarily that huge, like, oh crap, I can't get Heaven Hill stuff. Yeah. And I also did hear the uh, most recent um, select stock is pretty darn good. Tom and Benton had it before the the day before the Four Roses pick. I didn't make it up in time to have it. They did the the new Heaven Hill Experience tour. Said wonderful things, and they also, like I say, uh, said the newest select stock was uh, pretty darn good. I saw that. I almost wanted to like try to get some when we were up there because I think it was released around the same time, right? I don't know. You know, we both stay busy and kind of out of the loop at times unless someone tags or pings like, hey, did you know about this? Like, no, I didn't. Thanks. Do you ever feel like we were so close to things like earlier in the podcast career? We were so in tune to like what was going on and like secondary and on the street and like knew what valuations were. And now I feel like with life and our kids getting older and everything going on, like I'm 
barely i'm trying my best and it's like if it wasn't sent to me in a press release or (laughs) i didn't get it to my email or somebody didn't text it to my phone i'm not seeing it like if it wasn't on the coming whiskey instagram i don't really know what's going on i think this is where you know we kind of uh try to cover all our bases because obviously you do more social media stuff than i do and i'm more active in more group chats I see a lot of stuff pop up still. I'll see folks talk about it. Uh, you, you know, you get some notes here and there. So most stuff I'm at least quasi familiar with. I just don't always remember it. <laughs> but I, I do at least, I mean, I feel like my my fingers on the pulse pretty well there. Uh, as far as secondary goes, man, I don't have a clue anymore. Somebody PM me the other day like, hey, man, I, I deactivated Facebook for a while. I'm back. Uh, can you help me get in some groups? And I was like, I don't even know what groups I have on my phone, to be honest with you. Like if someone tags me because they know the few things I would actually look forward to money on, I click on the tag. Otherwise, like I, I just don't know. They're all small. They're random. Like ever since BSM died, like that was the big boy that everybody was in. Now, you know, it's like regional variants or something. You know, it's like NFL, AFL, CFL, QFL, and BFL or something. I don't know. I mean, it's like we were talking about today. I know we're going on a long time tangent here but we were talking today about wild turkey voyage and it's kentucky straight bourbon whiskey finished in jamaican rum casks but there's nothing here that says anything about like the voyage it took just 10 years pot still rum cask and that it's tropical and dried and crafted in kentucky doesn't say anything else about like going on a trip so i don't think it went on a trip zeke i hope it didn't Let's let's just leave it at that. I, I don't want to say anything bad about all the good friends we have there, <laughs> but just please don't tell me they ripped off Jefferson's marketing scheme. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's go back to this whole larceny barrel proof C922. What do you think about this one? Yeah. Sorry for the double uncontendre of the roller coaster there. Whoops. It's okay. People are used <laughs> to us by now. We're giving some more content. Note wise. I thought this one was prickly up front, and then I got basically what I would consider a wash of non-sweet corn and some barrel char. A second visit on the back end, there's a a good amount of a, a very dark chocolate, which was borderline bitter, but depending on, you know, folks that love that, you know, high percent uh, cacao or whatever you call it, cocoa. Something, I don't know. Cacao. It's spelled weird, right? Yeah. No, you know, it's spelled backwards, right? Yeah. I didn't dream that, did I? Okay. any rate, you know what I'm talking about. And then I thought that the proof definitely shone a little more on this one. No pun intended, but proof's not always in the pudding or the booze. And the highest proof doesn't mean it's going to be the best. And I don't know how much that lended toward the kind of, you know, prickliness that I picked up on this. I definitely, if I was going to revisit this, I think I would with a few drops of water and try to see where that moved it to. I would say my best analogy, especially for this time of the season and year and Halloween coming up, it seemed uh, like a very staunch candy corn. Interesting. So you're calling it the worst candy that ever existed. It's not really fair to ask me that because I'm not a candy corn fan. Like it's not my jam. I don't know who is. They sell bukus of bags on the shelf every year. Just because it's cheap. Just because it's cheap, you could give it to the kids. But like, man, whenever I got candy corn, you went to somebody's house and they're like, here, take a bag of candy corn. I'm like, you suck. I mean, there's lots of things that are cheap that uh, I don't think people go for. I mean, look at cookout. (laughs) Have you ever? I've never been to a cookout. Like some people swear by them. I went when they first opened here, like years ago. I was still single, still lived in the gulch and the condo. And we ended up there like 
house one night. I would like to think we took an Uber, but we probably didn't. I'll leave it at that. The quesadilla, the, the flour, or the you know the the flour touched on both sides. That's how little of the cheese was. Fries were just grease bombs. Whatever Burger came wasn't. I mean, if you look at the menu, like the combos are amazing because you get like a corpaconia. Corpaconia? I'm leaving that in there. You get a corpaconia? <laughs> I was trying to go with a Thanksgiving theme on the fly, man. Uh, you Halloween get a cornucopia. Cornucopia. <laughs> Whatever. But I mean, they give you a ton of options. You get a cornucopia, bro. I think it just lends itself to either drunk people or maybe unintelligent or just capsized by how much food they perceive they're getting but you really don't get much out of it but yeah the combos are nuts it's like eight combos in one that's crazy but you're not missing anything i promise all right i'll take your word for it this one i mean we have different palettes and we know this and for those of you listening right we do have different palettes and it's fine the nose for me i got baking spices with light oak just a lot of cinnamon nutmeg all the other stuff you would get in baking spices the taste it's almost like the oak just rolled out a carpet on the bottom of my mouth and all of this flavor just came from the oak on the bottom and then it was like caramel cinnamon nutmeg but there was some heat it wasn't overly hot for me, but it definitely, like, I could tell that the proof was there on this one. Surprisingly enough, I got a little bit of black licorice, and it was kind of, I mean, being completely honest with you, I burped. I was like, oh, there's a lot of black licorice in that burp from this pour. But then I, I taste- I don't mind that during a tasting. I really don't. No, I I've, don't either, but- it- I've picked up some interesting nuances, like, well, sorry to be rude, but- I wouldn't have picked that up otherwise. The funny thing about the finish is I feel like, you know, where I said the oak just kind of like coated the bottom of my mouth. I feel like the finish is when I'm just going to bring this up because we were talking about places in Florida to go on vacation before we started here. Disney being one of them, you know, if you're taking the kids or whatever. And it's like the Tower of Terror ride in in MGM Studios, you know, where the the floor just kind of comes out. And I feel like the finish on this one is like that, where like the floor just kind of drops and that oak floor drops down your throat. And I feel like it just kind of travels. So it like coated the bottom of my mouth and then the finish was it was like all right time to go and then it starts going down but it like creeped no it and just I get more of a reverse pivot like it doesn't go down it just comes back across my tongue even all the way to the tip <laughs> I, I don't know i mean it's weird i mean i think i enjoyed this probably more than you did i don't know if it was my favorite of this year I think I would want something a little bit mellower, just like the sweet crusher that we like to have. But I think at 60 bucks, and we talked about this earlier, like buy two. If at 60 bucks, as we talked about earlier, buy two. I'm fine with it. Like it's, it. you're not going to be disappointed with it. I just don't know, like a little bit sweeter of a barrel, you know, or, or a blend. I think it was- it was A that was the one we both really got into, right? I have B522 here. I feel like A we both really got into, B was a little more neutral, and to me, this one kind of I guess, pushes the bar a little more. Yeah, B is pretty neutral, as I just took a but, sip. But but I, I think A was the one that was you know really sweet, and probably one of the first times I can remember like Larceny Barrel Proof, like, you know, it's a wheater, the wheat's not that high of a percent, but guilty by association, you tell somebody you got a wheater, they expect it to be sweet and certain notes. That one embodied it really well. 
I agree. I think out of all of the ones this year, A is my favorite. This is a good pour. It's a good pour. You're not going to be upset with this at all. That's all I'm saying. I think, I think a few drops puts it in the right spot. I'm too lazy to get up and go do that right now, but I'm remotely confident that that would be where you want this to uh, to land, especially if you're drinking and eat. Agreed. Well, Zeke, thank you to Heaven Hill for sending us this pour. You can go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Please leave us an open and honest review just like we leave an open and honest review about the whiskey we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Nashville, Tennessee. And just to reiterate, many thanks to Heaven Hill at all the big boys. They take better care of us than anyone, and, and we are certainly appreciative. Yes, I echo that. Thank you, Heaven Hill, and we love all the things you're doing over there. We will talk to you soon. Cheers. Ciao.